and welcome to Teach, Preach, and Reach Around. Basically, what we're going to be doing is me and my brothers are going to be talking about different issues and everything. My name's Stephen. My brothers are older one, Davey, and younger one, Bradley. You'll hear from them in a little bit. This is just kind of a spur of the moment. We're, we've been talking about wanting to get together and talk about different issues that were important to us. I guess the first thing to talk about is the name, Teach, Preach, and Reach Around, because it's kind of why we're getting together and why we think we have an important voice. Bradley, that you'll hear from, is a minister in rural North Carolina. Davey is a teacher in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then I'm a lawyer actually out in Las Vegas, Nevada. We think that between the three of us, we have very different and sometimes very interesting views about different topics, different political views, different issues that affect society, sometimes even um, some things that maybe not to the level of importance of those things. So I guess at this point, Davey, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself, why people would want to necessarily hear from you. Well, one of the things that uh, I'm going to be bringing to this play, uh, to this podcast is twofold. One of that is kind of providing a historical background for any type of current events or topics that we might be t- discussing. But also, I'm coming from a educator standpoint. So you constantly hear about education being lax in the United States and that teachers are to blame, well, parents are to blame, no kids are to blame. I'm kind of in the, so to speak, the trenches. I'm in a classroom every day with a very diverse group of kids being able to see everything from what's actually coming down from a state standpoint, but also coming from it as a federal standpoint, and then finally a local standpoint. So the education background is going to provide kind of how is this going to affect maybe the future generation of people that we are educating now. So that's pretty much what I'm going to be bringing to it. So well, and you kinda, also were as you also were a um, you do have a little bit of a background in administration in education. Well, that is very true. Uh, so. I have I have done administrative work, uh, so I've been in that position where I'm having to deal with the state, parents, the teachers, and the kids all as once. Uh, right. So having to combine all of those as into one person. So while I would not call myself a principal, what I was doing was a directorship of a fairly large uh, daycare. But now I am in a a public school. So I'd be able to bring both of those points of view into a discussion. So what grade do you teach? Primarily I teach sixth grade, but I have been with every age group Literally from infants all the way through eighth grade on a professional level. As for a, the interactions and being able to interact with the other groups, I have taught pretty much every age group all the way up through college. So that's, that's kind of have a pretty good smattering of all age groups and an experience so I can kind of talk from that standpoint on pretty much any level. Bradley, why don't you uh, explain a little bit about what, you, what you're hoping to bring to the table and, and maybe a little bit of a perspective that you're hoping to share. 
Yeah, so uh, so as you said, Stephen, I'm a minister in rural North Carolina. I've been serving for uh, just about four full years in full-time ministry. Did my seminary work in North Carolina as well. And for a lot of the topics that we'll be discussing and, and debating about, there's a close, whether you want to call it religious tie or spiritual tie or theological tie, um, in the makeup of our nation, in how societies work, in how people just function in normal everyday worlds. And so wanting to try and tie into our, our larger selves and maybe look a little bit at the the subconscious motivations for why people respond to things the way that they do and why they act the way that they do and, and trying not to blur those lines, especially in this nation, especially in, in where I am uh, serving as the Bible Belt, historically the Bible Belt, where politics and religion are necessarily in bed with each other, but you don't talk about either. So wanting to make sure that we address both of those, but but are faithful to everyday experiences and also to the actual intent and founding of this nation. And, and the a lot of the debates that we'll be discussing have that component as well. So what I hope to bring to that is just a little bit of an inside view on what theology really speaks to what, you know, for for not just the Christian faith, but what some world religions and, and Christian engagement with those world religions might be doing in the U.S., and especially in a larger sense, not just on an individual basis, um, but how we can be faithful Americans in a multicultural, multi-religious setting, but also how people can genuinely express their faith, whatever it might be, as faithful Americans who aren't necessarily going to be uh, in agreement about a lot of these issues. So and I guess the, the biggest thing for for all of us, and I'll get to me in just a second, is you know we really want to present different sides of the argument. You know, something that we've talked about a lot around the dinner table, and, and you'll hear a lot about the dinner table where you know we kind of say we always had very interesting conversations growing up with our family. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> right. So I mean, you definitely will. You'll get the sense, and hopefully, the way that this comes across is is you know around the family table. But what we're really hoping to convey is you have a minister, you have a teacher, and you have a lawyer. And, you know, you get into a situation where you're going to be thinking about things from a different point of view, you know, and now I'll go into my little bit about myself. I am a, I'm a criminal <laughs> defense attorney. I actually work at the public defender's office in Las Vegas. I've worked there almost about four years now. I went to, I went to school in the South. I went to law school in Charlotte. And then a week after graduation, I moved out to Las Vegas to be with my now wife. I got a job at the public defender's office. I really it has opened my eyes because when you when you grow up from the south, you see things from the southern perspective. When you move out to a different area, you see things a little bit differently. You know, when you when you grow up in South Carolina, a very conservative state, North Carolina, you know, little less usually. So, but, yeah, it's yeah. a little little less conservative, but it is still, still. very very conservative in, in right. many of the thinkings. And the areas that we live in are very different from each other. Even though, you know, we all come from the same same small town in South Carolina, just below Charlotte, 
you know, now you have Bradley that's in Franklin in rural North Carolina, which if you know anything about North Carolina, you know that this is a very, very conservative area in North Carolina. Then you have Davy that is working at, you know, in a in a city, and it's a little bit more liberal there. But there's still pockets of definite conservatism and uh, different ways of thinking. And you know, this isn't a this isn't a conversation where you have three liberals or three whatever. We all consider ourselves moderate. We recognize the argument on both sides. We recognize the argument from different perspectives, and that's what we really want to bring to this table. We want people to hear what is the what does the minister think about this particular issue? What does the teacher think about this? And then what does the lawyer bring to the table? You know, and I, I for, at least for myself, and I'm sure my brothers would agree. We are not the, you know, I am not the best lawyer to talk about legal issues and everything like that. I have a good understanding of criminal law. I have a good understanding of legal issues. Bradley has the same with regards to the legal or to the the religious standpoint and to, you know, Methodism in particular. But then Davey has the same type. We're not the experts. You know, there's people that know more about it. There's people that are probably more qualified to talk about these issues. But at the same time, we feel like we do bring a very positive message and that's what we're hoping to do there's so much negativity out there right now we want to present a positive voice to talk about very complex and controversial issues and we want to bring them to the public's eye in the sense that how do people relate to different issues maybe you listen to a particular podcast and you're you're looking at it from an educational standpoint and so you don't ever think about what the lawyer may think about that or what the you know the ramifications on some of my clients that don't have that same education or what does the religious person believe about that so you know and y'all can add on at this. Um, obviously, I'm a lawyer. I'm going to probably be the one that talks, and y'all going to have to sh- shut me up at some point, like you usually do. But you know, hopefully, that's what we end up doing. Is we want to have a conversation like it's around the dinner table. Do I have anything to add to that? Or the, well, a the- lot of what, and this is just something that has just recently cropped up. And this is, I'm sure y'all are aware of. A couple of months ago the shooting in Charlotte that caused some riots. And yep, it's actually just back up in the news again. It, it was because today the DA said that the police officer was not going to be brought up on criminal charges. Correct. And I have some, some friends who, and I'm sure this will come up many a times on Facebook, has said that basically the DA is is said that this is completely means that he is is completely scot free. He didn't do anything wrong, and the, and I'm sure Stephen, you will will be able to to put more words to this. But it isn't that he was justified or unjustified in the killing. It's just that he was not going to be able to be brought up on criminal charges right so, so right him so the police officer is not it is not that he did something right or wrong it's just that he did not do anything criminal right and so that's it's obviously one of those things of this is an ethical an ethical thing versus a criminal thing and i know that we have this notion that religion or well, i mean yes religion ethics and the law are all the same, or they should all be the same, but that's in a utopia, and that's never going to be. Right. And if you read anything 
like by Thomas Hobbes or Sir Thomas More, who did Utopia. The Utopia is just that. It is unobtainable. And there's even problems with that. But many people are going to be talking about the fact that, hey, this is not right. But that doesn't mean that it's lawful or it isn't unethical. Right. And I can tell you from this, uh, from from the legal perspective, when you look at whether charges are to be brought and everything like that, you are going to see a situation where, for example, with this particular um, officer and this particular shooting, you know, you have the public that are sitting there and they're saying, we don't understand why you won't even allow a jury of his peers to read through the evidence, to see the test or to hear the testimony, to see the pictures, to see the video. And we get to make that determination as the jury of his peers, as the public. And I can understand that. I really can't. I can understand the, you know, the desire to allow the system to work. But part of that system does include whether or not to bring charges or not. And I'm not sitting here, I'm not, I'm not going to the other whether I personally believe that um, these particular charges should have been brought. I, I don't know enough about the situation and the evidence to determine whether that has happened. However, as a defense attorney, I can tell you this. When somebody is charged with a crime, whatever that crime is, that is immense pressure on that individual to resolve his case one way or the other. Whether it goes to trial, whether he takes a plea bargain, it will ultimately come to a head. This is not a process that will take place over the next week or so. This is a process that will take at the minimum months and usually maybe even years. It's not a speedy process typically. Beyond that, when you have these charges that aren't brought, you're looking at a situation where maybe people are hiding things. Maybe that's where the public outcry comes from. But in this particular situation, not knowing enough about it, I I think you just kind of have to sit there and say, the district attorney is trying to make the best decision whether or not he believes that enough evidence is presented to him that would allow him to pursue a prosecution. And if he believes that that is not, that the evidence is not there, he is making the determination. So David, you're, you're right in the sense that you're saying that's what he's saying is that there, there is not sufficient evidence to present a criminal charge against him. Beyond that, though, he's not making any, um, he's not making any statement as to whether or not he, appropriately acted in the situation. Yeah, but, oh, and see, this is one of the things is that we are not able to legislate morality, and right. I'm sure, Bradley, you you have a lot more in, into that. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's because we all we all operate under an, an innate sense of right and wrong, and it, I mean, it's based on our experiences and our worldviews and our own personal limited viewpoints. But we all have this this inherent system of what is right, what is wrong, and we call that ethics, we call that morality. And our legal systems in most societies are based on those viewpoints. And in a democracy, uh, what we're aiming for is where the the overarching morality of the masses is what governs 
the making of laws and the enforcement of laws. Uh, in a republic, more of a representation type, but it, but in different government systems, you have different representations of those laws and those moralities will be limited or broadened based on which government style you're under. But I think something we often forget is that laws are just laws. They cannot actually prevent or encourage people to act morally. All a law does is say, if you act in such a way, there will be punitive measures. There will be consequences. Um, that does not encourage people to give to charities. It doesn't encourage people uh, to follow the law, only to not break the law. And because of that, we're always going to be you know, operating in this, this very human life where we can't legislate morality. We can encourage and trust that people will act according to a, a certain moral code, and we can engage in conversations so that our moral codes overlap and are shared amongst the masses. Um, but, but I think this specific case coming out of Charlotte speaks to whether this, this officer acted in a legal sense or not doesn't really have a bearing on whether or not he did something right or wrong. It was a legal, not legal uh, judgment. And I think the outcry or the, the legitimation of those actions comes from a different place, that it comes from this was a right action. He did exactly what I would have done or what my family would have done. Or he did something wrong, something that should never be done or only in extreme circumstances ever be done. And that's speaking more to a language of right and wrong, morality and ethics, not to a matter of, of our legal system. And I think that's one of the frustrations we have with, with the law, with our, with our justice system as a whole, is we're still working that out. We're still trying to have moral laws and a moral society but because we're humans, we're not ever going to have a perfect system. Like you said, Davey, utopia is at once defined as the perfect place and the place that cannot be. And I think Sir Thomas More was really onto something there that he describes in his own world. This is what a perfect society would look like and how it would function. But of course, everyone reading it knows we can aim for that. We're never going to get there. Right. right, and we definitely have examples in in, in pop culture and, and literature and movies and everything to show that this utopian idea it, it doesn't really work out the way that people think it might. Um, I mean, one thing I did want to throw in is you know, and one thing to remember with regards to the situation in Charlotte is this is a lot more complicated than you know we are talking about in this sense. This is. You know, I when I was talking about whether or not DAs are bringing charges and everything, I was looking at it from an individual case basis, which I believe that the district attorney in Charlotte was actually doing. I think that he took this from an individual case perspective and looked at the evidence in this case, which I understand. And I, and I think that probably – I'm not a district attorney, but I think that probably – that is the correct way to do it in terms of looking at individual cases. However, this is not an isolated incident. This is not an isolated incident in even in Charlotte. There have been other shootings done by police officers that have involved um, African-Americans or minorities. And that's not to say Charlotte is, is racist or anything like that. It's just saying this isn't an isolated incident. It's not an isolated incident in Charlotte. It's not an isolated incident across the country. And what we've seen over the past several months and years is this idea that, for whatever reason, 
cops have it in their mind that, and, I'm, and when I say cops, I mean big cop, the, the, the philosophy of the entire police force, seems to be projecting a, a reality that, and I'm having a hard way of putting this, because what, what I'm trying to say is essentially that they are taught to act particular ways. They are taught to say that African Americans are somehow more prone to commit crimes. And it seems to be that that is the, the narrative coming out through their actions. Beyond that, you have the African-American community primarily and a lot of people that are supporting the Black Lives Movement and everything that is wanting to see this narrative changed. They want to see better law enforcement training or whatever so that they don't constantly get put in a situation. I mean, let's be honest. If this, if this shooting in Charlotte was an isolated incident... Would it receive media coverage? Yes. Would it receive nearly the amount of media coverage? Not a chance. And I think that's what you have to look at it from a societal perspective. Look at what is really going on behind the scenes. What has been leading up to this? When you talk about Ferguson, you talk about Dallas, you talk about New York, you talk about all these different places where African-Americans are being treated, seemingly treated differently by police. And there is a problem. Then all of a sudden you have something like in Charlotte. Then the people of Charlotte say, now it's coming here to my home. And that's where I think that you're getting the public outreach or the public outcry situation. And beyond that, I, I think it's it's just not as easy as we're trying to make it, I guess. Um, I, I think at point uh, – sorry, go ahead, Bradley. No, I was just going to say I think you're right that it's certainly a more complex – issue and, and all of the things that we'll discuss have uh, you know a, more of a case study feel to them but it's approaching these broader topics that there's never going to be a single answer it's going to take a much bigger conversation a much bigger crowdsourcing uh, to try and come to some kind of consensus or way forward on any of these things yeah so um, just just to kind of finish up here, um, we just wanted to spend this first episode to try to um, introduce ourselves uh, and kind of introduce the podcast a little bit. We're going to be on Twitter. Um, that Twitter account is at TPR Around. Uh, it is on Twitter. Please go and follow us and and tweet at us. We, we want to be involved. We want to you know hear what our audience is thinking. If you agree with what we're saying, please let us know. If you disagree with it, what we're saying please let us know you know we want to hear what's really going on what are your ideas you know we will try it and we're, we're in the infancy of this so we're going to try to figure out exactly how to get your voice onto the podcast but we're, we'll work on that it's kind of a work in progress if you have ideas if you have whatever please uh tweet at us i think you we also have an email address davy uh tpr around at uh, outlook.com is that right Yes, it is. It is TPR around at Outlook.com. As of right now, we are in the process of kind of getting up and running with a website as uh, uh, also a place for you to go and download, hopefully in the future, past shows and past podcasts, and also a place for us to kind of put our own ramblings down into words, things that we might not touch on in a podcast, but things that might prop up from time to time. Right. What you can expect from us in the near future and what we have planned is 
we are going to be taking on some of the amendments. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about the First Amendment, freedom of speech, in our next episode. Um, we're going to be we're going to be talking about it from a historical standpoint as well as from a today standpoint and what's going on. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the things that President uh, President Elect Trump is talking about. We're going to be talking about some of the things that you know teachers are doing. The impact that it has not only in the classroom, not only in the courtroom, but also what's going on in rural areas in North Carolina, specifically where Bradley is, but also what we expect to be seeing across the country and how this is impacting. Some of the misunderstandings that come about, we're going to hope to kind of discuss that. We, we're hoping to try to do this in the next maybe couple of days or a week or so, and then we'll be able to Hopefully have an idea of how often we'll be able to put out a some type of product. Hopefully uh, you've enjoyed this. This is our first attempt at a podcast. So obviously bear with us a little bit. I promise you we will get better. We're pretty smart. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out our and we'll hopefully get, learn from them. Like I said, if you have if you have questions, if you have comments, whatever, please tweet us, please email us so that we can start to build this I want to say movement, but you know, maybe it'll become a movement one day. Uh, you know, you, you aim for the stars and uh, or aim for the moon, and maybe you end up in the stars, right? Uh, something um, like that. Okay. So, all right. So, anything else before we we go ahead and wrap this up? Nope, nothing from me, Bradley. Nope, I'm all good. All right. All so, right. Listening, and um, we are teach, preach, and reach around, and we will be back with you uh, as soon as we can. Thank you. <laughs>